How are you supposed to bond with that child who wants nothing to do with you? Do you have a stepchild who seems to not want to interact with you at all? Like they don't even say hi to you when they arrive or when you come into the room? Or maybe they say they don't even want to come over if you're going to be there. I've been there. Let me tell you how that worked out for us. Spoiler alert. Happy ending! Welcome to Season 4 of the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. I'm Tracy, and this season we're going to be busting some blended family myths. But don't worry, I won't leave you standing in the shards of any broken dreams. We'll be putting together something of real value to replace those myths, and I hope to leave you feeling better about your family and your role in it by the end of every episode. You can visit EssentialStepmom.com for my blog and other info, and you're always welcome to join our Facebook group, The Spectacular Stepmom. Before I launch into what I'm going to talk about today, I have to share something new. This episode is being sponsored by a program that's been around for a couple of years already, but I wish it had been there 14 years ago when I was starting out as a stepmom. And I wouldn't be recommending it to you now if I didn't know that everything they offer there is completely aligned with the ideas I share on this podcast. The program is the Nacho Kids Academy. David and Lori Sims have created something so unique and so life-changing for step families. It's not an exaggeration to say that it's literally saving families that are on the brink of splitting up. And they know all about that. They created the Nacho Kids Method to share what helped them save their own family. If you're skeptical, that's okay. You can check it out at no risk because they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. Look, I say it's cheap insurance. You're going to have experts in your corner to help you fix whatever's broke in your family and whatever breaks down the road for a tiny fraction of what a lawyer's going to charge you if you wait until it's unfixable. I'm honored that Nacho Kids Academy believes in the work I'm doing here too. When you sign up for their program with the special link you'll find in the show notes, part of your membership fee will come right back to support this podcast and help me to keep it up and running. So thanks to Lori and David for that. The link to use is nachokidsacademy.com slash the essential stepmom. Once again, go to nachokidsacademy.com slash the essential stepmom. And you can look in the show notes for that link too. I guess this problem could qualify as blended family myth number four, that everyone has to like each other to be a family. Don't even get me started about the whole you should love your stepkids as your own thing. I've been known to pop a blood vessel over that one. I love my stepkids very much, but I've never felt any compulsion to compare that to how I love my own daughter. In case you're interested, I also don't love my husband the same way I love my brother. And I could go on and on. Anyway, when it comes to bonding or building a relationship with kids who don't want to be around you, the short answer is, you can bond around the very fact that they want nothing to do with you. This might sound impossible, but it's actually quite natural. 
First, though, we have to get something out of the way, and that's your reaction to what's happening. If you're like me, being rejected is probably a huge trigger for you. And if it is, it's probably because of other times in your life when you felt rejected. Let's be honest, who amongst us was never the last one to be picked for sides in Red Rover or Dodgeball? Or who was never left off the list for a slumber party in middle school? Every one of us is sensitive to rejection. And that's because belongingness is one of those five fundamental human needs, according to Maslow's Pyramid. We talked about that before. After the need for basic stuff like food and air, we need safety, meaning a sense of security and being looked after. And next up on the list, we need love and belonging. And if we're lucky enough to have those, we can start to focus on our need for self-esteem and the respect of others. And finally, on our highest human need, that of self-actualization. The opportunity to chase our own potential, to express our creativity, and to experience the satisfaction of accomplishing something. So, back to feeling rejected. No surprise that you get triggered when a mere child doesn't even want you around. Never mind that you're already not sure how you measure up to the biomom according to whatever metrics you choose to torture yourself with, like looks or cooking or the fact that she got to do everything first that you're doing now. So we need a sort of mindset shift to hack past this pink elephant of rejection, and it's this. You're not being rejected. You're either in the way of or not relevant to the kids getting a need filled that's more basic than your need. You have a need to be included. You want to belong. Their need for dad or for mom, if you're a two-mom family, is about their basic security, which is lower down. It's more fundamental in that pyramid of needs. And that's because for kids, all of their safety and security in the world is tied up in their connection to their parents. They don't have any capacity to keep themselves safe in the world, at least not until their connection to both parents is unshakable. The safety needs are lower down in the pyramid and they beat your need for belonging. They win. It's like a drowning person who will flail and kick and even succeed in pulling the lifeguard under with them. It's a survival thing. Change your mindset. It's not about you. Repeat that over and over. You know, believe it or not, I still have moments, even after 14 years in my stepfamily, when I have to repeat this, like a mantra. It's not about you. It's not about you. The thing is, the easiest way to be appreciated by kids who don't want to connect with you is to get out of the way and let them see that you're not a threat to their existence. It might seem ridiculous to you that anyone could think that, but they do. Your stepkids are so busy trying to put on the oxygen mask of dad or whoever is the bio parent in your family that they don't have any time to take it off and talk to you, literally. If your stepkids don't live with you most of the time, their tank of connection is empty when they get to dad's house. And they're terrified that they won't get enough solid connection time with him 
in their short visit to last until the next visit. Now, you might be wondering if there's some kind of boundary here, like, are you setting them up to feel like they never have to try to connect with you or act nice to you? Are you going to turn into a doormat? Nobody should ever be a doormat. But you keep that from happening inside your head and by choosing how and when to be more or less present. It's part of the mending. Remember I talked about aiming for more of a mended family than a blended one? When everybody's wounds are healed, they don't need to be aloof or withdrawn or clingy or standoffish. People are naturally social. They naturally want to be liked, even if some people are more introverted or more extroverted. When people feel good, they act good. Let me tell you how I saw this play out in my own family. My stepkids once announced that they didn't want to come to visit because of me. The dynamic was a little different in the sense that they were being supported in this little mutiny by their mom. We had always gotten along really well, so it was something of a surprise when my husband told me that they said they didn't want to come for the weekend visit because they didn't want to see me. If this is happening to you too, remember the mantra, it's not about you. I trusted my gut instinct that they just needed to please their mom, and I respected the tough spot they were in. So I offered my husband, who was just my boyfriend back then, that I would pretend to go out of town so that they could come and be alone with their dad. I actually spent the weekend holed up at a friend's place around the corner. I could practically see our house from there. And they came and connected with their dad, and mom couldn't stop it because she had played all her cards for keeping them away from him based on the idea of me being the problem. Now, it's important to say that Dad told them that by coincidence, how lucky, I had been called away for work. So now there was no reason for them not to come. Hooray! My husband would never have allowed them to believe that they were pushing me out of my home. That would be throwing myself under the bus big time. It was my idea, and I really believe that on some level, they were grateful to me for besting their mom at her own game so they could see their dad. And that's what mended the situation. A weekend of alone time with him filled up their tanks, and it also took away a potential tool of alienation, the idea that dad would choose me over his own kids. That's not a choice that ever has to be made. Love is infinite. There's enough for everyone, always. Over the years, there have been many, many times when one or the other of them hasn't wanted to really connect with me. It can be subtle or glaringly obvious. It can last for a few minutes or go on without a break for weeks on end. But the answer is the same every time. It's okay. They don't have to. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. I tell myself, you're safe. You're 100% okay if those little people are in a space where they have no room for another caring adult in their lives. It's not about you, even if it seems to be exactly and only about you. It's actually nothing more than a sign that they don't feel good inside. 
because no child will ever reject the presence of a caring, supportive adult when all is well with them. You have to trick yourself into looking far off into the future instead of being psychically dragged back into a story from your past. Remember that you've heard how it can take seven to ten years for a step family to fully settle out? If your stepchild used to be okay with you and is now backing away from connection, it's very possible that they're suffering from what's called a loyalty bind. That's something that happens inside a child's heart when they like you too much. Maybe they actually even wish that you were their mother and that this was their family all the time. We're simply not hardwired to have two mothers, except where the two moms actually love each other. So when they get too close to you, they feel like they've killed their own mother inside their heart. And that's something so awful, they want to punish themselves. And they do that by rejecting what they want most. In this case, you. And so, it is about you. The problem is, you can't fix this kind of problem by just being nicer or getting closer. Because the problem is that they like you too much. They've overwhelmed their own capacity for... Well, they they don't have a place to put you inside their heart. So the solution is still to step aside and let the connection be all about your partner and his or her child. Just become a little bit invisible for a while until the child can recover some balance. There's really nothing that more alone time with dad can't fix. And you're bonding with a child by recognizing that and allowing it to happen. You don't have to move out for the whole weekend like I did. Just find something to do. Of course, we're in a deeply weird moment right now with all the social limitations we're facing, but you can visit a friend, you can take up a hobby, connect with your own creativity, go for a walk or a long bike ride or putter in the garden. You don't know how often I hear in my consultations with stepmoms, somebody say, I can't believe it. I just stayed out of the way all weekend. And the next visit, it was like a new child showed up. Just take a deep breath and remember that you are positioned awkwardly between a kid and the one person they need most in the world. And if they're acting extra grumpy, it's probably because someone else is telling them that they're not allowed to get what they need from that person, even if they're sitting right next to them. And that's just as true at three years of age as it is at 23. I still find myself getting out of the way from time to time. And I think it's part of what my stepkids appreciate about our relationship, that I know when they need me to do that. I haven't said anything yet about when not wanting anything to do with you morphs into being mean or disrespectful or rude to you. This is a boundary that nobody gets to cross, not even a kid. This is where your partner steps up and does some serious parenting. He or she does not want to raise a bully or a brat or a mean girl. It's okay to be sensitive or introverted or uncomfortable. It's not okay to dump your feelings on someone who's not really part of your story. Your partner needs to be clear with their child in private because it's not supposed to be a public flogging and say something like, you don't have to like Tracy, let's say it's me, insert your name here. You don't have to like Tracy, 
but you have to be polite with her. I wouldn't be a very good dad if I let you grow up thinking it's okay to be rude to people you don't like. You can say hello when she comes in. It's good practice for how you're going to treat all the people you're going to be around that you don't really like when you grow up, but you have to get along with. You have to learn to be decent with people, whether or not you like them on the inside. Some kids, like all people, have personalities that are harder to like than others. Some folks love toddlers and others can't wait for that stage to be over. Some people are drawn to teenagers because of how dynamic and open to influence they are, and others run screaming and can't get away fast enough. There might be periods, even long periods, where your stepkids have no time for you and probably wish you would vaporize. This goes back to the pyramid of needs. If you're not helping get their needs met, you're not important. What's important to you should be getting your own needs met in appropriate ways. It's never appropriate to put some burden onto kids, your own or anyone else's, to meet your personal needs as an adult. You have abundant resources as a grown-up to take care of that, and you have the responsibility to do it for yourself. If you're not feeling adequately loved or appreciated or respected in your relationship with your partner, you need to address that. I'd start by making sure that you're getting some alone time as a couple every single week and not in front of the TV. You have lots to talk about. Any relationship is a project, but a step family is more like an enterprise. It's not going to steer itself. There's a quote I love from the author Gay Hendricks. He says, Behind every communication problem is a sweaty 10-minute conversation that you don't want to have. If you can't bring yourself to have that sweaty conversation with your spouse about how you feel, that would be a good thing to focus on in a couple of personal or couples therapy sessions. There are literally millions of happy couples who cleverly chose getting a little help over breaking up, and good for them. It's not a weakness to get help. All winners have help. Nobody ever won a gold medal or an Academy Award without some coaching. It's true. The best of the best have coaches and directors and editors. I don't know where we got the idea that the most important things in your life should be figured out on the fly. Bonding isn't something that's just done around a campfire with marshmallows or sitting side by side on the sofa. We also bond with kids by seeing them, respecting their needs, meeting them where they are for now. Find ways to leave a little more space for them to bask in dad's energy, to have him all to themselves more often. Maybe this weekend you spend 10 minutes together and next time 20 minutes. Or not yet, and that's okay too. This is the very gesture that will turn you into someone worth knowing eventually down the road. They'll grow to know you as somebody who understands them. Somebody who's far from dangerous and is actually really helpful in the ways that matter most to them. If you'd like some ideas about how to do this, there's a free guide available at EssentialStepMom.com called 50 Ways to Level Up as a Stepmom. You'll get some practical pointers about what this could look like in real time at your house. Just go to EssentialStepMom.com and you'll see it right there.
Thanks for listening. The free guide is on my website, essentialstepmom.com. Poke around. There's other stuff there too, like my blog. And sometime soon, there will be all these podcast episodes and show notes there. That's what our generous sponsors will be paying for me to have done, lol. One more shout out to Nacho Kids Academy for their support. I know that you need to hear this kind of stuff from someone who you resonate with. And these guys are it for me. I love their sense of humor and how down to earth they are. Just go check them out. And if it's not your jam, it won't cost you a cent. Just try a couple of their live support calls. And I think you'll be blown away by the level of personal care you can get in a group program. Nacho Kids Academy. Nobody needs to know you're there. Even the invoice is anonymous. It's just $50 a month with no commitment and a 30-day money-back guarantee. To me, it sounds like a no-brainer. The link to use is nachokidsacademy.com slash the essential stepmom. And you'll not only be saving your relationship, your family, and a fortune in legal fees, you'll be supporting this podcast too. Check it out at nachokidsacademy.com slash the essential stepmom.